Welcome to the Fair Talks Podcast, where we educate everyday people for extraordinary change. I'm your host, Alicia Chan, Executive Director of Fair Trade LA, a community of business members, nonprofits, and fair trade enthusiasts driving proactive, sustainable solutions for a fairer world. I'm also a social entrepreneur with a passion for ending poverty and creating dignified jobs. Together, we'll explore how fair trade changes lives and communities and what we can do to address some of the world's biggest problems right in our own homes. Let's dive in. Fair Talks is brought to you by Fair Trade USA, the organization that brings you the Fair Trade certified label. Fairtrade USA is committed to building an innovative model of responsible business, conscious consumerism, and shared value to eliminate poverty and enable sustainable development for farmers, workers, their families, and communities around the world. It is so important for us to talk about chocolate, especially during the fall as we lead up to Halloween and the holiday season. It's even more important that we educate our children about the dark side behind our chocolate. A lot of people are surprised to learn that, yes, child labor still exists behind the chocolate industry. When the world thinks of chocolate, they probably think of Europe, of countries like Switzerland or Belgium, all of which have made a name for themselves by producing luxury, high-quality chocolates. The reality, however, is that 60% of the world's cocoa beans originate in Ivory Coast and Ghana, and over 2 million West African children work to produce them. Yes, you heard that right. Over 2 million children. Many are trafficked from neighboring West African nations to live and work in cocoa fields far away from their families. In the most dangerous cases, children are responsible for spraying hazardous chemical pesticides without protective clothing, lifting heavy loads in intense heat, or using knives, machetes, and other sharp objects to break cocoa pods. The cocoa industry, like many other, is driven by profit maximization. Cocoa farmers are caught in a poverty trap. Just a handful of companies in the middle of the cocoa supply chain have caused the going price of cocoa beans to remain low in order to make as much profit as possible. But that means cocoa farmers earn too little to even cover their basic needs. The search for cheap labor resorts to using illegal child labor and forced labor. Today, we're having a conversation about chocolate with a special fair trade chocolate company that we love, Tony's Chocoloni. With incredibly tasty chocolate, Tony's exists to end exploitation in the cocoa industry. Their vision is 100% exploitation-free chocolate. Their entire company, from start to finish, from packaging to the chocolate bars itself, aims to raise awareness about this very issue and is so inspiring. They've been our amazing chocolate sponsor of our beach bonfire for three years in a row now, and we've been able to create fair trade s'mores kits as a way to raise awareness about the chocolate industry here in Los Angeles. And trust me, our s'mores with Tony's chocolate has been the best tasting s'mores ever. I'm so excited to finally have a conversation with Abby Noel Davidson, Tony's U.S. Digital Communications Specialist. Noelle claims to have the best job on the planet. The job? Sharing Fairtrade certified company, Tony's Chocoloni's mission and delicious chocolate with fans in digital spaces. In her role, she looks after Tony's social media, website, newsletter, copywriting, and a whole lot in between. 
Noelle is passionate about creatively driving social change at a corporate level. So when she found Tony's five years ago, she knew it was a match made in cocoa heaven. With Noelle on board, Tony's has organically amassed a social following of over 70,000, sparked viral trends, launched into new social spaces, and created memorable online partnerships with notable online personalities. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you so much for joining us for the Fair Talks podcast. I am so excited to share about Tony Chocoloni because you guys have been an amazing chocolate sponsor for our last three bonfires. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to have this conversation. I think there's so much synergy between Tony's and Fairtrade and especially Fairtrade LA, who we love and have had a years long partnership with. So I couldn't be more excited to be here having this conversation with you. Yeah, I've been a fan of Tony's since the beginning. So to to finally get to like have this conversation and dive deeper into Tony Chocoloni's history and how you guys are just such amazing advocates for fair trade and the fight against child labor is just, I'm just so excited. So I guess before we dive into that, I want to know more about you. Tell us about your fair trade journey and how you got involved with Tony's Chocoloni. That's such a good question. My fair trade journey actually, I think, started in college where I was learning more about ethical business. And at my liberal arts college, that was a real focus was movements like fair trade and B Corp. And I just couldn't help but fall in love. You know, my grandpa, when I made the decision in high school through being in programs like DECA, told me, are you sure you want to be a marketer? Like, essentially a spin doctor. It's doing the CD side of business. And I said, no, I'm going to be doing good in the world. I oh, swear. Man. Anyway, here I am able to feel, fulfill that promise and that desire that's been in my heart for so long because of these kinds of ways of business interacting in a way that is better holistically, both in terms of the social perspective and in terms of the environmental perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's something I'd always kind of sought out. I found Tony's in college and I was actually lucky enough to start my career with them. So I've been with Tony's fresh out of college up till now. And my journey actually started five years ago with them. So our timing is kind of conspicuous overlapping. I know we've been in touch for Mm -hmm. quite some time now and yeah, yeah, and been very aligned. So yeah, I feel really lucky to be at Tony's living my dream, both as a marketer and as someone who wants to make an impact on the world that we live in and do good Mm -hmm. through my daily work activities. So I feel very lucky to be where I am. Yeah, it's the best combo. And it has been a pleasure working with you the past three years. One of the things that stand out about Tony's is the marketing and the branding. So I'm excited to talk more about that. So tell us, I mean, Tony's has such an amazing origin story. So can you tell us more about that? This chocolate company wasn't just born out of making chocolate. It was actually born from advocacy. So now, but now this amazing tasting chocolate definitely has helped spread the message and um, just it has grown rapidly and everyone knows about Tony's now. So yeah, tell us how this, this company was founded. I love this question. And talking about our founding story is something that's so fun for me because yeah. I think it's really unexpected. Really, our founder, Tony, or rather Tone in Dutch, was a journalist, actually. He never had intentions of starting any kind of company, let alone a chocolate company. Uh, He worked on a show called Curing Stinks von Vorda. 
there are any Dutch listeners out there, I apologize in advance. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to call it KVW from here on out. KVW was a show kind of like 60 Minutes, but for food, uncovering the dark, dirty secrets behind your favorite food products. And one day, Tone happened to stumble across a news article way at the back of his newspaper, just a couple inches big, that said, modern slavery still exists in the chocolate industry. And that was shocking and appalling to him for two reasons. The first is, of course, that shouldn't exist in the world that we live yeah. in today. And the second is it was all the way at the back, and that felt like front page news to him. Well, luckily, Tone was someone with a platform and a voice, so he said, this is a cause I'm going to take up and speak on. Mm -hmm. Now, his episodes didn't normally go too long in terms of following a story for such a long time, but we picked up the story in, I want to say, 2001, and it ran through 2005, so a very long time. Wow. And in that course of time, he tried to deal drill down and decipher what is causing these issues in Coco, and is there anyone that's doing it right? Yeah. And unfortunately, when he tried to take this conversation up with chocolate companies, he ended up being blacklisted because it wasn't something they were ready to speak on and talk about what they were doing. Wow. Yeah. And of course, you know, as a journalist, a story can't end there wouldn't be a very good story. So yeah. he said, I need a way to to really open this conversation to speak on it. So one way of doing that would be suing the big chocos, right? And then things come out in evidence. Unfortunately, big chacos mean big lawyers, and mm. that probably wouldn't go too well, right? You're not likely to win that case. So Tom was a clever guy, and he said, in the Netherlands, there's this law called fencing, which basically says that if you buy a good that was produced illegally, you are also culpable for the crime of the illegal production. So mm. essentially, imagine you're on eBay and you're buying a bicycle and it says right up front, this bicycle is stolen. If you purchase it, you can also be prosecuted for stealing mm. that bike, even though you weren't the one who did it. So what Tone said is, I'm going to make myself a chocolate criminal. So mm. he sat down in front of the camera, just like I am now, grabbed every chocolate bar he could possibly imagine, ate them, and then called up the police and said, I want to turn myself in. You need to arrest me. I am a chocolate <laughs> criminal. And of course, they did what you're doing right now, which is laughing because it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> But he said, no, I have a real case here. So it went to court. The judge said, listen, no one's prosecuting you. No harm has been done here. I can't do anything more. So Tone takes a trip to West Africa. He finds children that have actually experienced illegal labor in Coco. One of them tells their story and says, yes, Tone, I'll prosecute you. I'll take you to court over this. Then the case is actually heard. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is that the judge says, listen, I'd really like to help you. I see your cause, but I can't prove that that exact cocoa that was produced illegally went into those bars that you ate tone mm. because there's no supply chain transparency between the farms in West Africa and the chocolate companies who are creating most of the world's chocolate. Mm. So the court case was thrown out. And again, we're in a place where Tone's saying, man, this isn't a very good story. I need to end on a high note. I need something that says something can be done because I refuse to believe in my heart that all chocolate is produced under shady circumstances or yeah. is likely to have been. So he took matters into his own hands. He procured a, a decent portion of fair trade beans directly mm. from the source in West Africa, brought them on over to Belgium, had them made into a limited run of bars. It was something like 5,000 bars at the time, I think. Mm. Wrapped them in an alarming red wrapper to draw attention to the alarming issue of illegal labor mm. in the cocoa industry. 
named it Tony's Chocolate Lonely. Tony for Town, Chocolate Lonely for the Lonely Mission. Come back to that later. And sold those 5,000 bars out of what was essentially a convenience store, kind of like here in New York, mm-hmm. what we had stay in a subway station. And they sold out in something like three hours. It was incredibly quick. And especially yeah. for so many bars, you can imagine. So it was really the community rallying around this point that said, we have to believe that exploitation-free chocolate can be a reality. Mm-hmm. Tone was fighting for it. And from there, couldn't let it go, of course. When mm-hmm. folks are really rallied around a cause like this, you you can't just let it end there. Yeah. So from there, Tony's became Tony's Chocolate Only. We've grown into this lovely international business that we are today. And we're so proud to carry the mission forward. Without Tone, he is still pursuing journalism these days, mm-hmm. but still carrying forward the intentional cause that that started the company, which is why we say that we are an impact company that makes chocolate, not the other way around. Yeah. Oh, I loved hearing the story from you because I've been sharing the origin story at every bonfire, just about how the Tony was born and how it's fighting child labor. And it's just such an incredible, incredible story. I mean, Tones really is an advocate for people and I can't believe he's he started the company but he's not even a part of it right now that's wild a question we get all the time is who is Tony can I meet Tony (laughs) Tony is Tony and he's no longer with us but still out there in the world still definitely a supporter of the cause of ending exploitation in Chaco and raising his voice on it so proud to have been connected and to carry the legacy forward yeah that's so that's so amazing Something, like I said earlier, something that's very unique about Tony's is its branding. I love how colorful the packages are. It's always bright and fun. I love how inside every package, it addresses the issue of child labor and it educates people about fair trade. And then another thing that's very unique is how the the chocolate bars itself is not, it's unequally divided. Not like other chocolate bars where it's like perfect squares. It's unequally divided. So can you tell us more about all the thought that went behind all these decisions? I love that question because I find Tony's to be a really intentional brand. Like thought truly goes into everything we do. We say we're like an onion, not like a balloon. You can peel away one layer and there's still substance there. That's so Um, cool. (laughs) Yeah, right? A little bit of a Shrek moment for you too. But so the thought behind the branding a lot went into it. Obviously, there was the kickoff moment with Tone, which was kind of just supposed to be a limited run. But what carried forward was this message and the idea that raising awareness is the first most important component to what we do. Because if you don't know that there's an issue, how in the world are you going to solve it? So storytelling is baked into everything that we do. Like you said, whether it's the manifesto printed inside every wrapper or if it's the shape of the chocolate itself. So the bar mold actually used to be perfectly equally divided, squares, rectangles, like every major chocolate you can probably think of aside from Tony's. And one day we were looking at it and said, you know, it's really ironic that we're talking about how unequal and unequally divided the chocolate industry is. How ironic is it that most chocolate bars are perfectly equally divided? This is an opportunity for us to do some storytelling. So not only are the bars unequally divided to create a conversation point and to share the story, especially when you're sharing the bar, um, but additionally, we even hid the map of West Africa inside the shape of the chocolate bar, what? which is where we source our cocoa from. Something very few people know. I'll point it out That's to you at so some awesome. point. That's so awesome. 
Yeah. So truly the thought that went into the branding, the design, and even the messaging that we do today is really thought through to be a conversation point because we believe in the power of storytelling and the power of word of mouth. Once you know something, you can't unknow it. And we find often with fun facts like this, it makes it easier to tell the story, which is really heavy and complex to someone in a quick snapshot moment while you're still enjoying the joy that chocolate brings you. So yeah, that's absolutely one of my favorite things about Tony's as a brand is how intentional all of these pieces are. Yeah, I've been telling people about the reason why the squares are unequally divided because the the chocolate industry is unequally divided, but I did not know about West Africa hitting in there. So I'm going to share about that next time. <laughs> I'll send you an image. It shows exactly where it is. It's so wow. It's so cool. Now, like you shared, this company was created to help end exploitation in the cocoa industry. Again, it's more about impact than chocolate itself. Now, can you Tell us more about your model and how you're making this happen. And can you also address the recent press that was released about child labor found in your supply chain? Yes, I would love to. So this is a really substantive point. So we'll go over a couple of things here. One is that the issues that we see in the cocoa industry all stem from poverty at the end of the day. On average, cocoa farmers earn around a dollar a day for their products. That's not only low by our standards, but low by international standards as well. Mm -hmm. So the extreme poverty line is set at roughly $1.89 a day. It's too low for cocoa farmers to be able to take home food for their families and also make decisions like their children going to school instead of helping around the cocoa farm for them to produce enough income for their family. So we have to start there with poverty is the root cause of all exploitation that we see in the chocolate industry. To address that, we have to address the root cause and we have to address the symptoms, which are things like child labor. So we have a proactive and a reactive approach. Proactive approach is what we call our five sourcing principles. And they're basically our recipe for ending exploitation in cocoa. It consists of five components, the first of which is traceability. Like we talked about in the case of Tone, you have to know what the source is in order to address what's happening at the source. Mm -hmm. The second is paying a higher price, and that's where fair trade comes in and where Tony's and fair trade are so aligned. It's incredibly important to pay a living income to farmers, not only in terms of just dignity and human respect, but also in terms of preventing further issues in the cocoa industry. Third is creating long-term relationships. So we sign five-year contracts of understanding with our cocoa farmers and the cooperatives that we work with. The reason being is cocoa is a product that fluctuates immensely in price and is only sold at two points in the year, the mid-crop season and the main crop season. You can imagine if you and I didn't know what our paychecks were and we only got them twice per year, it's really hard to do financial planning. So by saying we commit to paying you a price that enables a living income and we commit to that for five years, it allows for much more in terms of financial planning and investing into the farms. Mm. Another component is that we strictly work with partner cooperatives, so what we call strong farmers. Reason being, if you can imagine, there's you know only so many chocolate companies in the world to sell to, so you don't have many options as a cocoa farmer, mm. and you're one cocoa farmer on your own versus a big company, yeah. you don't have a lot of bargaining power. But suddenly, when you put thousands of farmers together in a cooperative, that collective bargaining becomes much stronger. So working with cooperatives is important. And last but not least is improving quality and productivity. 
Though today, cocoa farms only produce roughly 30% of what they actually could, and more cocoa means more income. Mm. So it's important to also increase the agricultural awareness and the practices that are being used on cocoa farms themselves. So you can see they're all kind of interconnected. We say there's no cherry picking. You have to take all at once, not just one or the other. Mm. So our five sourcing principles are what we use to proactively end exploitation in cocoa. That being said, when we start working with a new cooperative, they've been in this industry, which horribly mistreats cocoa farmers for years. Mm. And that means that there are some symptoms of the issues that they've been privy to that we have to treat. And how do we do that? We do that with CLMRS, which stands for Child Labor Monitoring and Remediation System. So when we bring on a new cooperative, you can imagine they've been underpaid for their product for so long, and that leads to issues like child labor. That means when we bring a cooperative in, we can't expect them to be perfect. We can't, but we're going to get them there. Mm -hmm. And that's what child labor monitoring and remediation does. First, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of trust to admit that there is child labor in your household. That's not something that's fun to admit to, and it can be really scary, especially if what you're anticipating is that the company won't work with you anymore, and then you're just stuck. But that's not what Tony's does. We say it's okay to be open because we're going to help you solve that. Whether that means remediation activities like supporting a family by purchasing a bike so that a child can make it to school. You know, sometimes the school's 10 miles away and you just can't make it on foot, so you might as well help out around the cocoa farm. We can address that. Maybe you can't be enrolled in school because there's not a birth certificate. We can help address that. So we think that punishment isn't the correct approach when it comes to addressing child labor. We need to work on it. We need to find the root of the problem and address it together. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are shocked when we say, okay, yeah, there's child labor in our supply chain and we actually address it. But we say that's the best way to help solve a problem is to go to where those problems are and address it head on, not avoid it, not pretend like it's not happening, because ultimately that's not going to help the people who are suffering most. So that's our two-pronged approach, being both proactive and reactive. We're mm -hmm. really proud of the results there. We mm -hmm. see that at farming cooperatives that we've worked with long-term, we're able to reduce child labor rates from more than 50%, which is the industry average, by the way, mm -hmm. to less than 5%. So if there's a reason to believe in our model, I always say it should be this one. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, one, sharing about the detailed approach, but also addressing this issue because it really is complicated. I think people have to understand that it's not, unfortunately, not black and white. I personally have worked in Haiti with Haitian artisans for the past 10 years, and there's just layers. It's like an onion. It's layers and layers and layers of barriers to people's lives. And there's many different reasons why kids aren't in school. and I mean, just thinking about how even some families, they don't think there's anything wrong with sending their kids to work, you know, out of necessity and also just out of culture. Like that's how it's been for years. So yeah, I guess it is. And just from my experience working with the Haitian artisans, it's like, you do have to build that trust before you, you start bringing change. So I love that you shared that about Tony's. I think the work is so aligned there and there are some universal truths like mm -hmm. it's hard to admit when something isn't exactly right and 
sometimes it also takes an outside perspective to see that things could be better. And it seems like that's what we're both trying to do in these scenarios. So mm-hmm. hopefully together we can find better solutions, right? And do it on a larger scale, which is also why we're so focused on collective impact and doing it mm-hmm. with partners like Fair Trade. Yeah. And I mean, Tony's just always been an activist up front. So it's, yeah, I love that you guys are addressing this head on. It's it's so important. Yeah, you shared a little bit about the the numbers, but yeah, have you seen, or do you guys have a way to accumulate and count the numbers? Have you seen numbers change over the years? Tell us more about some of the impact you've seen on the grounds in West Africa. Yeah, when it comes to our model, like I said, you know, reducing child labor, I think is one of our largest proof points. But additionally, when we look at rates of farmers actually being enabled to earn a living income, that's another one that's really important. Mm -hmm. Cocoa prices fluctuate so much year over year. And often it's that we come to October when the cocoa season starts and Halloween happens. And we're reporting that cocoa prices are lower year over year. Mm -hmm. Something that's really exciting that happened this year is actually cocoa prices increased. And it's the largest increase we've seen in 15 years for cocoa which is so exciting. So in Ghana, the increase was something like 60%, um, which is pretty impressive. It's still not enough to enable a living income. So we're still paying something like 15% on top of that in premiums to ensure that Mm -hmm. farmers earn a living income, but it's progress. And that's worth celebrating. We have to celebrate all of the wins because they're not guaranteed. So I would say that's a really big point of progress. We hope that this trend continues and we continue Mm -hmm. to see higher prices for cocoa. But additionally, transparency is something that, at least since the days of tone, we've seen become more commonplace in the cocoa industry. I think now off the top of my head, I remember it's something like 30% of the cocoa industry is traceable today versus Mm -hmm. it was something a little bit closer to zero back in tone's day. So it's not, not there yet. Everything needs to be 100% traceable so we can take responsibility for what's happening at the source. But things seem to be moving in the right direction. And we think with the help of advocacy and raising awareness, we can really help turn the tide and move things in a better, more positive direction. Yeah. Do you know what caused the increase, the major increase this year? Yeah. So a lot of pressure from all kinds of parties. At Tony's, we say there are five folks that are responsible for changing the chocolate industry. That's the cocoa farmers themselves who have Mm. been very outspoken about needing to earn more. Mm. There's chocolate companies. They need to be willing to pay more, but Mm -hmm. in case they're not, the governments should be there to tell them to pay more. That is relative to the farm gate price, which is essentially the minimum price for cocoa set by governments. Mm. So the governments really stepped up and said, we hear that Cocoa farmers are asking for more. They need more. We're hearing that some chocolate companies are really willing to pay that and more. Mm -hmm. And we're hearing that consumers are saying, I don't mind paying more for chocolate either. Mm -hmm. So the more that we raise awareness, the more that we turn that tide, the more pressure that there is for governments and companies and retailers to take action. Yeah, that's so encouraging for all of our listeners. Like your purchasing power, your purchasing action does make a difference. And I really have seen fair trade just products increase over the past five, six years. Like places that would have never had fair trade before now has fair trade chocolate and teas and coffees. And I really believe that's driven by our consumer demands. Absolutely. I mean, 
we make what's popular and yeah. and that says what companies what level they have to deliver on yeah so i am really excited about the way that our culture is shaping our environment yeah yeah and our our work at fair trailer is working <laughs> it's so exciting absolutely and Tony's Chocolony, like you said earlier, was founded in the Netherlands it, all the way in 2005, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And I actually read that in 2018, the company's market share in the Netherlands was 18%, making it one of the country's largest chocolate manufacturers. What would you say were the secrets to success and growth in those 13 years? Oh man, so much went into it. We were actually so proud in 2018 because we became the number one chocolate bar brand in the country, beating out most of the chocolate companies that you can name wow. today. So it was a really huge shift towards, you know, yeah. more responsibly made chocolate, which was very exciting. There were a lot of things that led up to that. For one, it's the story of tone, right? And yeah. starting there with the with the story of journalism and activism. Yeah. And from there, we say that there's a balance of two things, being crazy about chocolate and serious about people. <laughs> we say, you know, it's great if you make a product on a mission, but if it doesn't taste very good, mm. it's probably not going to be bought more than once. Yeah. So part of that is making really delicious chocolate flavors. Yeah. And I hope anyone that tries a Tony's bar agrees that they're really it's delicious. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Completely different than anything I had ever tried before, at least. Yeah. So innovating on chocolate, making sure that we're delivering it the highest quality, but then also coming out with fun, funky flavors has mm -hmm. been a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Like there are people who like nutty chocolates. There are people who like fruity chocolates, people who like marshmallow in them. And in order to really change behavior, we want to create an alternative for everyone, no matter what mm -hmm. kind of chocolate that you like. So part of that has been really our innovation journey. Um, and then honestly, I think a lot of it has been word of mouth too. When you create a story that's worth telling and that you're inspired to share, it can make a huge impact. They say a customer that's happy will tell three people, a customer that's unhappy will tell 10. Um, but essentially, I think if you tell someone there's a cause that's worth sharing about, I think it's even more than your you know, average three. It can yeah. make real impact. I mean, the way that you're even telling people consistently about our yeah. story Think about how much impact that makes than us just shouting about it ourselves. Yeah. So eventually you become invested in it yourself and the story can just spread like wildfire. So I, I think that's honestly one of the greatest strengths of the company. Mm, yeah. And I think just a shout out to people in the, you know, the Netherlands, I believe that they are conscious consumers and they care about their purchases. And I'm hoping that we, us in America will be, more like that because we really do drive so much um in this in this business in this world <laughs> oh absolutely same to give credit though it's so hard we have so many project products on shelf and so many yeah. that we throw in our shopping cart yeah. it's hard to evaluate which ones are doing the right thing you can get real analysis paralysis there, mm -hmm. which is why I think having symbols like B Corp or Fairtrade can really help in making it yeah. so much of a quicker decision uh, yeah. when you're looking at the shelf in front of you. Because honestly, I think just the level of research that has to go into these things yeah. and deciphering what's greenwashing versus not, yeah. it can be a lot. So, ha so having those little key codes on products, I think, can go a long way towards helping the movement. So true. So true. Sorry to interrupt, 
Are you looking for a more sustainable or ethical merchandise for your organization? Are you tired of wading through vague, eco-friendly claims with uncertain impacts? We hear you loud and clear. It's time to check out GoX Apparel. They're on a mission to bring total transparency and 100% authenticity to your apparel purchases. Think trendy designs, top-notch quality, sustainability, transparency, and fair trade all rolled into one. It's not just a purchase, it's a statement that says you can have it all. Have you ever wondered about the carbon footprint of a typical t-shirt? It treks over 16,000 miles and often exploiting workers along the way. Compare that to the GoX shirt, journeying just 2,700 miles and created in fair trade conditions. When you team up with GoX, you can be rest assured that your apparel is a force for good for both people and the planet. And GoX is not new to this. They've worked with thousands of customers who share your drive to make a positive world impact through apparel choices. Ready to join the movement? Visit GoXApparel.com today and buy a tee or sign up for a wholesale account. It's about buying a better t-shirt for a better world. Now, let's get back to the episode. Now, I still remember when Tony's entered into the U.S. market, it was an instant hit. I remember there was the Tony's truck that was driving across the country. Then I started seeing it at Cost Plus World Market only, which is more of a global, you know, limited edition store. And then I started seeing Sprouts, all the Sprouts. And now I feel like I see it everywhere. Tell us how Tony's has successfully entered into the U.S. and success in making a name for itself. Well, first of all, thank you so much. You flatter us with that intro. We hope to be everywhere and to be unmissable in the United (laughs) States. I do think we've made a lot of strides and of course, there's still a long way to go, but I think where we find our strength is really mimicking what we've just talked about in terms of what made us successful in the Netherlands. One of those things being bringing fun, exciting new products to the market and giving people an alternative that they can feel good about. Um, So one of those products actually that's coming out this year is Tony's first ever advent calendar in the United States, which we're so excited to present. Um, Advent calendars are such a fun product and something we've been hoping to get into for a while. Mm -hmm. So Now you have an alternative that not only you get to reward yourself with every door you open, but you also get to spread that impact to cocoa farmers in West Africa, which is something that's really special. Um, Another key tenant, I think, is partnerships. Mm -hmm. We always say one of our three uh, roadmap pillars for ending exploitation in cocoa is inspiring others to act alongside us. And That's not only important in terms of getting others to adopt our five sourcing principles, but also to share the message. So one really key partner that we were so excited to add to the cause in the last year was Ben and Jerry's. Not only are they now going to be sourcing all of their cocoa the Tony's way, but additionally, they're really helping us with that storytelling. Ben and Jerry's is the brand that's so well known, not only in the States, but also internationally. And especially for their impact for us to be able to join together. It's just such a natural fit. Um, It was. And the impact we're making. Yeah. uh, It was such a perfect fit. It was when you, when I, when you guys announced that I was so excited. I was like the two best things combined. It's, it's so exciting. I think it feels like a little bit looking from the outside in like the two best friends in your world that you're like, yeah. these two would get along so well. I need to yes. introduce them. Uh, so that's been a little bit Tony's Ben and Jerry's. They're a complete dream partner for us. We're still looking for more. And even the folks that maybe don't go as big with us in that way can still really help raise awareness and complete that part of our mission too. So 
partners have been really incredible for us in the United States, and we hope to unveil some more really exciting partnerships soon. And the last but not least, again, going back to what's really made us successful and what's at the core of the brand is creating real, authentic, personal relationships. Part of that is, like you said, the Choco Truck driving around, meeting people, having that experience talking 101. I was actually with the Choco Truck for several of the stops. So you meet someone like me that's like, we're really in the work at Tony's and you can ask us any and all of the questions and we'll tell you. Having that transparency, that authentic connection, I think there's really just no replacement for it. It's something that's memorable and makes you feel like a part of the cause and a part of the family. So building those authentic relationships, whether it's in person through vehicles, literally like the Choco truck or online in digital spaces, which is really where I specialize, we want to make sure that people feel like Tony's is their friend because we are and we need serious friends to help us complete our mission. Yeah, it really is a testament to the branding. I feel like from packaging and even like what you're saying to the personal interaction piece, Tony's really is just a really welcoming company. Just even just grabbing the colorful packaging just feels really warm and welcoming. And yeah, and actually that ties into the next thing I was going to ask you about is something really fun you guys do. I don't know if I know any other company that does this is you guys help people customize their own packaging. Like I've seen different organizations do it and I know Fairtrailer has to do it. I can't wait for us to have our own, but can you tell us more about that and how our listeners can participate? Yes, I would love to. So this is a program I'm so excited about. For years and years, Tony's has used our packaging to tell our story. And now you can use our packaging to tell your story in a most sweet and authentic way. That again, still goes back to helping create equitable relationships for cocoa farmers in West Africa. Another really cool thing about this program is that you can design a bar in minutes, no matter who you are. I, I've had friends that say, oh my gosh, yeah, my 10-year-old designed a bar themselves in like five minutes. It's wow. it's really easy. It's very accessible for anyone to use. So the online tool, you can customize the color of your packaging, add in photos, decorations, text, honestly, go crazy, make it your very own. And that can all happen very quickly in just a matter of minutes. And for professionals and more of the business side, like I think you just touched on, there is also more sophisticated solutions like being able to design your bar in Adobe programs. So really, we tried to make it something that everyone can access and everyone can feel a part of and help share our story by sharing your own. Yeah, that's so fun. Is there a minimum order? Nope. Our bars go for $7.95 is the minimum price. So generally pretty accessible when you consider our bars in store are relatively priced. And additionally, there's no minimum order. You can even order just one bar for, you know, your wow. partner on Valentine's Day, for a parent at Christmas time. It doesn't matter. So we really tried to create as few barriers to entry for this program as possible. Wow, I had no idea. That is so cool. So we'll definitely include the link in our show notes where people can customize that themselves. That is Amazing. so fun. Now we have listeners all around the world. Can you tell us where people can find Tony's today, abroad and in the U.S.? Yes. So this is quite the question nowadays. I'm proud to say that Tony's is really all over the place. We've become truly international. Our biggest markets today are 
in the Netherlands, Germany, and Austria, the UK, and the United States, but we're constantly expanding. If you want to know more about where you can find us internationally, our website is a great place to do it. And in the United States, we have a few retail partners we're really proud to announce, like Whole Foods, Target, and CVS. Like you said, back in the day, it used to be, you know, the world markets, which are still phenomenal. And by the way, a huge source of attention for our advent calendars right now and a really valued partner. But these three, especially Whole Foods, Target and CVS have really helped us be in every community and accessible to almost everyone. So those are the big three I'd recommend. But as ever, if you want to find out more information, our website has it all. So feel free to check out our store locator if you're looking for Tony's near you. Yeah, and your website has all the fun flavors. Yeah, and they're so good. You can if find people, literally anything on there. <laughs> yeah, if people haven't tried it, you guys have to try it because the bars are huge and they're just they're just amazing. I can't recommend it enough. And when we put it in our s'mores at the bonfire, it it's like the best s'more you could ever have. <laughs> I'm so glad you think so. Same for me. I'm like, if you put it just our milk chocolate bar in there, it's a completely different expo- s'more experience than you've ever had. Yes. That's so delicious. So tasty. Yes. I'm spoiled now. I can't go back to other chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You're telling me we get all the chocolate we can carry at Tony's and how am I ever going to go back? <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. Now, actually, we like to end you know, our episodes with a fun question and maybe a difficult one for you, but what is your fa- your personal favorite flavor from Tony's? You actually read my mind. It's such a tough question. <laughs> I feel like I go back and forth all the time. I have like year long phases, mm. but my current obsession is Tony's everything bar. Mm. I don't know if you've tried it, but it's not. kind of, I, I think you would like it. It's kind of an everything but the kitchen sink concept where it's mm. got pretzels and toffee and nougat and sea salt and just almost everything you can imagine and I think you know we are a Dutch chocolate brand at heart so you get a lot of like the European love of subtlety of flavors Mm. and texture in our chocolate bars this is a bar I say was made for the American audience because it's got (laughs) all of the crunch and all of the flavor that we look Mm. for in our chocolate so that's the one that I'm dishing out to my friends and that I can't get enough of right now yeah, I'll have to try it. I do love a good crunch in the chocolate. <laughs> Me too. I can't get enough. Yeah. Now this season, we also want to end every episode asking our guests this one question. Many of our listeners are also in the social justice world. Um, how do you personally stay hopeful on this journey of fighting for a fair world? Like what are some tips or practices or even like mindset that you want to pass along to help us stay hopeful on this journey? I love that question. I think this is a message we could all use. Mm -hmm. Um, What sticks out to me is something I actually learned from Tony's and which is really core to our philosophy here. It's a quote from Anita Roddick, who actually was the founder of The Body Shop. Uh, And she said, if you think you're too small to make an impact, try going to bed with a mosquito in the room. Mm. right and the mental imagery of that we kind of all get the point that she's trying to make I think sometimes we can feel really small and and what I is what I'm doing really making an impact the odds can seem insurmountable but really any starting place is a good one Mm. and us all collectively joining in this journey we can accomplish incredible things and overcome insurmountable odds 
So that's something that always sticks with me. And I think really also goes back to what one of your former guests said and really celebrating the small wins along the Mm -hmm. way, keeping that perspective and positivity, I, I think can be really key. Yeah. Thank you. That's so well said. And I, I feel like just even our conversation here really ties into our collective impact. You know, here we are, we have listeners who are consumers and small business owners. And then here we are at Fairtrail LA as, you know, a nonprofit, an advocate, trying to educate people. And then Tony's, you know, sourcing, you know, ethically sourcing the cocoa and making delicious chocolate bars. And then all together, collectively, we really have seen the fair trade movement just progress so much the past few years. And so excited to hear about how the chocolate pricing has increased for the first time in 15 years. Like we are making an impact collectively together and it takes all of us making our, our individual decisions. It absolutely does. And I I think even just the small decisions, we say, you can really vote with your dollar. And I think yeah. that translates really well to fair trade products. Even those small decisions where you're still treating yourself to a chocolate bar or mm-hmm. a banana or a coffee, yeah. whatever it may be, you're still making a decision that's also better for the world. And that's voting for the world that you want to live in. I think that's really special and not something we should ever lose sight of. So thank you for summarizing it so beautifully, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I just want to say one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Fair Trailer, really on behalf of all of us at Fair Trailer, we really appreciate just how Tony's has supported us. And it's been so fun being able to just be on this journey with you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We're so glad to be here for the journey. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode talking about all things chocolate but I really hope you will take time out to share this with your family and friends, especially as we head towards Halloween and dive full force into the holiday season. In order for any of us to create change, we must first learn about the issue. Help us to educate more people about this issue and advocate for the children in West Africa by doing your part in spreading this message. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. It's that time of year again. Our second annual online silent auction is happening October 30th through November 13th. And it's all to celebrate Fairtrade Month and all the Fairtrade businesses that are out there. This is a fun way to learn about different Fairtrade brands. And by participating, you are also supporting us, Fairtrade LA, a nonprofit that's advancing the Fairtrade movement and advocating for Fairtrade artisans and farmers here in Los Angeles. Join our newsletter and follow us at Fairtrade LA to be the first to know when the auction goes live on October 30th. I want to thank the creative team behind the Fair Talks podcast, our executive producer, Juliette Bucquerel, our editor, Kaden Sullivan, our marketing team, Jasmine French, Elena Alcero, and Lizzie Case. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fair Talks podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community and sharing the fair trade message. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fair Trade USA, for making this possible. Now, are you ready to create change? The next time you're out shopping, just pick up one fair trade item to buy, like coffee, chocolate, or bananas, and make a difference. Ask your office, church, business, school, or your family to shop more fair. 
If you have any questions or want to learn more, head over to fairtradela.org slash podcast for show notes, discount codes, and additional resources. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at FairTradeLA to join our amazing community of fair trade lovers. Tune in to our next Fair Talks conversation to hear more life-changing stories. Thanks for listening. Thank you.